When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving value's contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate. And I run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. He was right around the time of Garnett. Okay, episode 341, special guest today, Kamaru Usman. Uh, some call him Marty, some call him the... Uh, uh, the Nigerian nightmare, uh, very one of the most exciting fighters uh, I've seen fight over the last few years, and it's great to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank How you. How you feeling? How you doing? Good. Good. Yeah. So I, I so we just obviously we just had this uh, the recent card, and Edwards went against Kobe, and I know you had a, a very interesting exchange with Cormier <laughs> where you're giving him perspectives on who you think was going to win the fight, and it was. Very, very interesting how you guys were having a debate, the exchange, and like, no, I'm telling you, I think this is what's going to happen, the challenge of being off and the cardio, the role it plays, et cetera, et cetera. And you were being very matter-of-fact. And I had a couple questions for you, which we'll get into is, at what level is does shit-talking cross the line? Like, is there a limit in it, which we'll get into that. But uh, aside from that, first things first, Nigerian nightmare. Where did that nickname start? That happens to be just a nickname that I always heard as a child growing up. And it was kind of a nickname that just uh, every athlete that was just, I guess, more than exceptional in their field, that's a nickname you wanted. If you're Nigerian born, that's the nickname you wanted. It was just a, it's, it's, it was like a, a pride flag that we just carried everywhere because you wanted them to know that you were a nightmare in your sport. And so there's been, there's been multiple Nigerian nightmares. There's been, you know, soccer players that were Nigerian nightmares. Who, who, are, the, who are the famous you Nigerian nightmares? Uh, Christian Okoye in American football. Okay. He was a Nigerian nightmare. Everyone knew what Kansas a nightmare. Kansas City Chiefs. I Kansas say, City yeah, Chiefs. Everybody knew what a nightmare he was to tackle. Samuel Peters, WBC heavyweight champion of the world, boxing. You know, Nigerian a lot of people nightmare. don't know that name because he – you know, he didn't hold the title for very, very long. But, yeah, he was a nightmare, mm-hmm. you know, to deal with. And so there have been a few Nigerian nightmares. But these are some of the athletes that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. And it was just a name that it was just like, if I ever got an opportunity to carry that flag and represent that name, I want it. But then, you know, I was wrestling. And, and wrestling is not, you know, not as mainstream enough to where you get to really use that name. 
And then I got into fighting. I'm like, oh, man, this is a perfect opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. So I, I, I took it right away. But the thing, the, the biggest thing about it is you got to live up to it. Yeah. And so, you know, you're starting out and you're just thinking, oh, okay, I, I just need to win a fight. Maybe win the next fight. The next thing you know, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not doing too bad at this. Maybe I, I've got something here. Now you know the world knows that name, and it's like, oh yeah, I did it. Definitely did it justice. That's a, that's a good, a good point. So, Vinny, who is the Assyrian or the Jewish nightmare? Is that like a, I, who, who, who would you I mean, put like the Armenian assassin. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know who who would. Who, I don't know. I if, think we I, have. I don't know one. if the nightmare goes. I think the assassin goes. Assassin with the Assyrian yeah. or the Armenian assassin. You're like the the yeah. dream. I don't, like if he's a cute. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the Assyrian. I know the Jewish nightmare would be. Sasha Baron Cohen. That's who it yeah, is. You know what I mean? He's yeah. 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 It's like, oh shit, Maybe. he's here. You mess around with that guy, you're <laughs> yeah. gonna find out. So, 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 everybody's got it. We had Ngannou here in Francis, and he's telling a story, and what a crazy story he's got, right? And for you, your story is uh, is also an interesting one. Who you grew up with? Your father, your mother. I think your father is a uh, Muslim. Your mother, Christian. You're grown up in that environment, and your dad, I believe, was a pharmacist. And you told a story one time to Mike about uh, how he would get angry. He would get upset with Mike Tyson where you guys are watching a fight and let me go get a beer or a drink. And he comes back. The fight's over. He's pissed <laughs> off. What the hell is going on here? Tell us a little bit about the upbringing of uh, Kamaru Usman and then how that led into fighting. Yeah, um, it, was, it was just great. You know, I knew I knew my mom and dad, you know, something that, you know, a lot of you know, kids nowadays don't necessarily get that pleasure of, of being around a two-parent household or having both parents in their lives. But grew up with mom and dad, and, you know, it was great. I, I never, you know, when you're a kid, you just you don't know what you don't know. You're just living life. And my father's Muslim. Mom's a Christian. Never an argument. Never a problem. Really? Wow. Never a problem about religion. Not once. You know, the boys, it was three boys growing up, or, you know, for a while. The boys just, we did what dad did. We went, you know, went to the mosque. We were raised that way. And then we immigrated here to the States where my mom would go to church on Sundays. And after a while, I think it just became one of those, because here, you know, American, you know, Sundays, that's, that's football day. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it kind of got to a point where that's time for us to, all right, go with your mom disappear for a couple of hours, you know, dad potentially gets to just be home by himself uh, and football. So that was never, it wasn't an issue for us to go to church with her. So, you know, gradually we started going to church and now we're introduced to a whole nother, you know, religion and, and all of that, even though it's, it's a different religion, there's so many similarities to where I think it was absolutely just the best way because now as an adult, I have, you know, I have that mindset to be able to make an informed decision of, of for myself of if I want to be a Muslim or a Christian or respect both, which is I have great respect for both religions. So that was just special to me now looking back and seeing what, you know, my parents did at that time. Which, no doubt about it. That's... Yeah, which I'm sure that it wasn't planned, but which mm -hmm. they're like they say, there's no, you know, handbook to parenting, but it just worked out amazingly. And Remember, you know, my father's, we used to, we'd order the fights growing up. And, you know, Tyson was, was that guy that, every, of course, is Mike Tyson. And my dad loved to have fight parties. 
Hmm. So he would have a fight party and all his friends are there and we're just kids. So kids aren't necessarily allowed in the, in the living room, but of course we knew what was going on and we wanted to see what was going on too. And there was one particular that I remembered. I think it was, um, I can't remember what fight it was, but it was, I mean, well, like most Tyson fights very quick. And so, you know, things are going on. We're waiting for, you know, things to happen. And the last fight before co-main was done, and then I was Tyson. He's walking out. And my dad's like, oh, he's walking out. And everything's, all right, let me run in the garage and grab a beer. Because, you know, you know, we have that, you know, you have that, you have to have that backup fridge in the in the garage. Extra beers of go course. back there. <laughs> so, we all know that. So he goes in, let's get, get some drinks for his buddy, because my dad loves to entertain. And... On his way back, he hears screaming. He runs in the garage. What happened? What happened? Fight's over. Oh, oh man. Oh, my dad's pissed. <laughs> like most people were back then because, you know, when you pay that, what was it, thirty nine ninety nine oh, back yeah. then for a Tyson fight and it's over? Yeah, most people were pissed. He, he pissed off a lot of people, Mike Tyson, one of those first-round knockouts, 10-second knockouts sometimes. Yeah. Back to your father because you were talking about you're a father now, right? You have one? I have one daughter. You yes. have one daughter. Um, who was the leader in your household growing up? Because you seem to be like, probably the leader in your household. Your father's Muslim. Your mother's Christian. Who was the leader in the family? What's the role of the father? How are you embracing what your father taught you, what your mother taught you, and bringing that into your child's life? My father, of course. I, I, I come from a traditional family. I, I was raised around that. I saw that growing up, and that's how it always worked, you know. And my father's, you know, the leader. My father goes out and... and and I guess what the, you know, if you want to bring it back in the primal days, it, you know, goes out and kills the kills the meat and drags it back and feeds the family. And my mom was her role was so important because if the father's not at home and the kids are, are starting to grow and they're maturing, there's got to be someone that that has that level of of understanding and respect for what the father's doing outside. That's that's rearing these children at home and letting them know. That's what your father's doing. That's how important what your father's doing is to what we do here and keeping the kids in line as far as raising them and, and helping them grow and understand that as well. Because if that's not that's not there, the father could be out, you know, accumulating or doing whatever he needs to do. But if that respect is and that's not being built and cultivated at home, the kids aren't going to respect what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't care because kids don't care. You can have all the money in the world, but if you're never there. Kids don't care. What would, what would your mother say to edify your father so when he got home there was respect? What would your father say to you guys to respect your mother? How did that all work? I mean, we, <laughs> there was, my father didn't have to say much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew. knew yeah, you, you were not, you're not going to disrespect tough, mom. Strong personality, yeah, my, tough. Yeah, my dad was a, a major in the Nigerian army before oh, coming wow. here. And then he was also in the military here and then went became a pharmacist in the here, military. So both countries he served. Yeah. Oh, wow. And and so um, my he was just, a, my dad was just that military kind of guy. You know, didn't didn't really laugh much. What not is not for me as a kid growing up. You know, it seemed like he was always just stone faced. But you know, looking back at it, there was it was just lessons and lessons that you don't realize until you become an adult yourself. Mm-hmm. But raising three boys, I'm sure, it wasn't the easiest. I bet I can I can only. Uh, and by the way, your brothers are is are all three fighters, or what do the other two? No, my my oldest brother. Uh, <laughs> 
Dr. Uh, Kashitu Usman was uh, he's a doctor in pharmacy, and he was a uh, soccer player. So he played uh, played in college and played semi-pro until he decided to go back to school and become a pharmacist. So that's what he's doing now and, and now branching off and getting into the business world as well and into real estate development. Uh, my younger brother was a football player who was, he's the bigger one. And he played at University of Houston and played, uh, finished up at the University of Arizona. And just, you know, had his bounced around some pro teams a little bit and then uh, decided that he wanted to start fighting. So now he's also in the UFC. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's, uh, he's slowly building his own. Uh, his own resume. What position in football and what weight class in fighting now? He was a defensive end. Oh, big boy. So defensive end linebacker. So he was in he was one of those in between guys. He yeah. was about, I think maybe two fifty, mm. about six three, I think. Dang. He was fast. And yeah. and he was one of those, you know, head first kind of guy. He, he, he's That's your so brother. uh yeah. So he um he had the speed to get around guys, so he could he could either put his, put his yeah. hand down or or, or run <laughs> around. He's a heavyweight. Is that what? He's yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's For a heavyweight. Sure, he's a heavyweight. But he's also he's also a tweener. He he could uh, obviously if there was a two twenty weight class, that's where he would be. But he he fights at about now when he's really physically fit and in shape, he's probably about two thirty five. And you guys train together. What's that relationship like now? Not really. You're not trying to mess with your brother. Well, yeah. he's not trying to mess no, with you. How does I'm, that work? No, it's it's. Of course we could. Like I'm, I'm still big brother, and I, I'm, I'm skilled in being able to handle myself. But obviously he's he's growing and he's getting better. And so when he gets to a point where he has as much knowledge as I have, then it's gonna be a problem. Come on, were you were you were you were you ever bullied when you were when you were younger? And and what was the moment where you were like, okay, I'm nasty at fighting? I want you to hold that oh, thought. Let's uh, go to Masterworks to our sponsor. We're gonna come back to that question. Go ahead, Rob. According to CNBC, the world's richest families in 2023 increased their net worth by roughly $1.5 trillion, while many low, middle-income, regular people are like, that didn't happen to me. I'm not experiencing this. And now we're hearing about the fact that the Fed may decrease the rate six times in 2024. What could that do to the marketplace? Does money become cheap again? What do people buy? So if you want to create wealth, you almost have to study what they do. What the wealthy, many of them, invest their money into is art. So what Masterworks allows you to do is, let's just say we see an Andy Warhol piece, art, or you know Picasso or Banksy story. $2 million, a million dollars. You can't afford to buy that whole thing. Maybe you want to buy a share of it. Masterworks allows you, nearly 900,000 people have registered to buy a share of that art piece. And many of their investors, some of your by attenders who use it, have gotten a return of nearly $45 million buying art through Masterworks. So if you want to learn more, go to masterworks.art forward slash PBD podcast or click on the link below. Question. Vinny's asking a question. Yeah, because bullying. I mean, I, I, not everybody gets bullied, but there are some people that get bullied that get pushed to, to to fight what were you bullied uh Kamaru who was it who was like that main enemy and then what was the moment in your life where you're like yo I got I got hands I can fight um I wouldn't say I mean it, it, it's I guess the, the term bullying and and what we kind of see that as is you know just day-to-day -day continuous a, a kid gets belittled and, and things like that I mean, to a, to an extent, growing up, especially going to public school, well, I guess any school, you know, there's a little bit of bullying that that happens. But for me, looking back at it, it's almost it's almost kind of character building. 
you know, you're going to have those kids that are just, you know, that are just want to be punks. And so I had a little share of that, but I wouldn't say I was just oddball to the point where, you know, I, I felt like they had to be something done. But I, I, I got into a, a couple of little scraps um, back in, in, in grade school because when we immigrated here, um, I think I started the school system in fourth grade. Arlington, Texas. Yeah, in Arlington, Texas. So starting in fourth grade, now kids are, you know, fourth grade, kids are cruel and kids are smart. And, and you know, I didn't, English isn't necessarily my first language. So now you, you talk a little different. You have a little bit of an accent and and kids know you're not from here. And so, of course, kids kids poke fun at you and, and, and do certain things to kind of make you feel a certain way. So I had a little bit of that. But, you know, I was always somewhat able to blend in with the crowd and, and, and be okay. But I had a couple of scraps growing up. Gotcha. And I didn't really, I wasn't a fighter. I didn't really, I did with my brothers I was. <laughs> that was your that, training. That's three boys, don't get me, we're, oh, yeah. we're going to scrap. Nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> PBD, you have to tell your story about me and my little brother. I, Tico, I understand. Yes. I understand. Yeah. But go ahead, you're saying. Especially me and my little brother. We scrapped all the time. All the time. What's the age gap between the two of you? We're we're about two and a, two years apart. Gotcha. I think mm-hmm. he's thirty four. Yeah, so we're all two years apart. So yeah, that that we always scrapped, and I I was just I something I took from because my dad was kind of a no nonsense kind of guy, and so I was kind of that way as well, especially with my little brother. I I couldn't deal with him disres- being disrespectful. So if he told me to shut up at any point. <laughs> Oh, that was disrespect. Oh, we had to scrap. And so we fought for a long, <laughs> long time. By the way, I think that's super healthy. It, it, yeah, it has to be. I mean, it has to it's be. not like you have beef with your brother, but no, like no, no. growing up, getting tough, knowing when, you know, stepping on yeah. boundaries, you know, yeah. when yeah. keeping it, it real goes wrong. Kind of a thing. I yeah, think it's, it's an advantage. I think if you're raised with a young, with a brother that's the same age as you, you have an advantage in school when fights break out because you're accustomed to fighting mm-hmm. 50, 100, 200 times with your brother. Yep. And if a boy is raised with a sister only, you don't have a brother, you don't have somebody to fight. Yeah. So then the first time it happens, it's the first actual fight you're having. Yeah. So my kids, my two boys, uh, they're a year and a half apart. Uh, the other day I come home and we're packing to go to uh, uh, you Arizona, know, uh, right? uh, Christmas. They're packing mm-hmm. all this stuff. So... Anyways, they find these uh, uh, snow uh, gloves, right? You know, so Dylan puts the gloves on. He puts his beanie on. They're thinking this is gear. So they come into the bedroom, and they start going at it, right? And then the first one throws a kick. Now, these guys have been doing jujitsu for two and a half years, so the first one throws a kid, a kick. And then next thing you know, Dylan throws this vicious kick. The whole back is red. The younger kicks the older one. Now it's an official brawl. Oh, okay. no. It's a brawl. Jennifer comes out. What's going on? I said, babe, this is a good fight. <laughs> that pay-per-view you, you, fight You went right to go there. get a beer and you came back and it was done. This is a good fight. And they're like, dad, dad, hey, can we can we get a ring and get other, oh, other people God. to come and watch us fight? I want others so, to see. I said, we're not doing that, bro. We're not. This yeah. is not going to be like a Michael Vick story. Patrick David sells tickets. Yeah. To yeah. Fights. So, so, so that part coming up. But, with, but, hold on. But then the end of the story, when Dylan kicked you, I thought. Yeah, so then I said, Dylan, I want to see how your kick feels. Oh, great. Line up. 
I said, go kick the side. I just want to know how it feels. It did not feel good. I have to tell you. So he's, I, he's there. He's going to well, kick you. I want you okay. to feel it. I understand. Yeah. And, and come on, the first time I hung out with them on a boat, he's like, yeah, go wrestle with Uncle Vinny. One of them has me in a choke. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm getting there. And then the other one grabs his wrist and is pulling it. And I'm going. And I just see him laughing, going like, you good? And I'm yeah. like, nah, they're no, strong, it's, dude. It's about the age when it gets annoying. The next two years at 14 years old. I don't want to okay, get so kicked. How old are they then? They're 10 and 12. 10 and 12. 10 and 11. Yeah. 10 and 11. Yeah. yeah. And and they're they're uh, uh it's fun when they're so we fight we do re- we do wrestling and we fight two and one against me, I still have them but it's getting annoying. <laughs> it's getting annoying. Where you Who's feel my, it. He might yeah. need you to be a you know, no, tag team I'm over good. there against I'm, the two I'll, boys, bro. I'll stay on I'll stay on this <laughs> side. But let's, let's let's continue. So let's talk about this this recent fight, Kobe and and uh, uh, Leon that took place. You fought Leon a couple times, and maybe we'll come back to to the fights you've had with Leon. But to me, when I'm when I'm hearing what he's saying, you know, hey, uh, the comment he makes about his father, and you know, here's what's going to happen when we're going to go to hell, and you're going to do this, and then Sean Strickland comes out and Strickland says what he says about Kobe. He, he had some choice words. I don't know if you heard what Sean said about Kobe. Where is the limit? Is there a limit of where you can go? Will Dana ever get in and say, dude, leave the wives and the father and the family alone? Or in the fight world, there is no limits. Well, I don't think that's that's Dana's job. You know, Dana's a promoter. And so his job is to promote the fights. You know, he has a whole company that he's looking out for. And this is fight sports. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to tell two grown men, hey, don't say that about this. You know, I mean, this is not scripted. You know, this is as the motto is, is as real as it gets. And so obviously, you know, me being a man that I am, and growing up the way that I grew up, I understand that there's a limit to certain things. There's certain boundaries and certain lines that we just, we don't cross. And I, and I, I think that goes into just upbringing and, and, and the respect factor of just growing up in life. We understand that there's certain things that, that you just don't do. Just like, you know, as I believe in war, you know, wars wage with men. Men wage war. You know, it's very difficult to to start attacking women and children. That just has never been a thing that men do. You know, if I have a conflict with that side, okay, I signed, like when they say to sign up for war, it's men that sign up. We sign up and we go defend. And so the same thing with, with what we're doing because in a, in a way we're waging war with one another. And so when we do these things, you kind of, you know, that's uh, that's what men do. We leave those those out because it's between us. We have to step in there and we have to take care of whatever we say we're going to do. And so nowadays it's, you know, we're, we're in this weird times of society to where it's everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. And we're just, it's information overload. You know, everyone, we have these mics, we have these phones, we have these things that just, we all want to just be mm. out there. And so people just, they're willing to say or do anything, whether it's men, whether it's women, they're willing to do and say anything just to be seen. And these guys are just kind of being lost in that to where they just, I'm not going to be seen if I don't say this or cross that line or do this. For me, I I just, I've never been that kind of guy. And I guess that's kind of been a knock on me. Um, Some people didn't like the fact that, you know, when I'm dominating everyone, I'm not belittling them. I'm not, you know, saying this or saying that. 
you know, and McGregor was the same way. McGregor came out, well, not the same way as me, but when he came out, he was doing the same things. He There wasn't That's a line. Kobe is what you're talking about. It wasn't a line. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't a yeah. line that McGregor yeah. wasn't willing to cross. And we saw what that where that got him. You know, McGregor's probably one of the most famous mixed martial arts fighter ever. No doubt. And so by, with that, you know, you have all these young kids now looking at that and going, Oh, yeah, I can just say and do whatever I want to do. That's going to make me famous. I, I think about this because I, I see, <clears throat> you know how the saying styles makes fights. And if anyone knows this, this is your world. You know this. You guys understand what it means when styles make, make fights. But do you think personalities sell fights? So it is, does it kind of go to, you know, a Connor comes in. I don't remember him being that loud at the <clears throat> beginning. I, I don't know, like the first couple of fights. And then all of a sudden he's like, he was louder loud. and louder mm-hmm. and louder. You just didn't, you know, he was loud. So it give just, a story. Uh, give a story behind the scenes, like how loud The light was. wasn't on, the, you know. Oh, I got you. It, it's, so that's, I guess that's kind of how algorithm of what the social media is. Mm. Is, is You're loud, but if, if not enough people are paying attention right away, then it, it doesn't seem that loud. That's a good point. But as soon as more people are paying attention, what happens? More people start turning, they start putting the camera on you more and more and more and more and more and more. So more and more people start to see you. And it starts to grow and grow and get louder and louder. Yeah, he was, he was, he's been that guy. He's been, he's been that guy. What was your guy. first interaction with him? Connor, first. I was actually, I, my interaction actually with him has not been many. I don't think, have we had, we've had a couple, but not, not many. Um, I actually was at his first ever UFC fight. But first I, fight. First, his first ever UFC fight. But I wasn't in the UFC at that point. I was cornering a, uh, I was cornering a friend of mine, uh, Michael Johnson, in Stockholm, Sweden. Doesn't he live here, Michael Johnson? Lives yeah, here? yeah, Michael we Johnson. We had lunch at the house a month ago. Yeah. Uh, real nice guy. Yeah, so I was, Michael Johnson was, was fighting in Stockholm, Sweden, and I was cornering him. And I was one of his main training partners at the time. So I'm cornering Michael Johnson, and there's this guy. I didn't really know too many guys on the card at that time in the UFC, but there's this guy, Irish guy. But I knew who he was fighting, a, a kid named Marcus Brimage who had trained with us a little bit. And so they get in the fight, and I'm I'm just like, okay, I know Marcus Brimage. I know he's a talented guy, a very tough guy. And who's this guy's fighting? And then Marcus had told us, oh, it's this young guy that their UFC's promoting, they're pushing, and this and that. And I never heard of him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I see this, you know, little, you know, slim guy there at the time. And so they get in, and this this Irish guy, and they're fighting. And, and I'm like, whoa, he's not bad. He's actually really good. And, yeah. And he's 24. Look what he looks like. He's no 24. He's nothing. Yeah, no 24. T- nothing. Slim, skinny, wow. sucked down, 145 pounds, and goes out there and makes it look flawless. And and he's just brash, and he gets on the mic, and he, he was good on the mic, real good. And um, I was like, mm, it's not bad, but I, you know, I've seen plenty of fighters come and go and come in hot and go. But it's after that, I think maybe one more fight, and then they, he had like a whole series on Fox, you know, like a two or three part series on Fox. So now we're starting to see him on this side of the world. And so it just grew and grew and grew. And, you know, he was just a guy that was at the right place, right time that knew how to capitalize on the opportunity. And then then have Ireland on your back. One of the, like, I mean, for UFC, to me, he was like, he just put them on their, on his back and then UFC embedded. And then 
with um, Jose Aldo, and then that was it, bro. That was just... And, and Usman, <clears throat> follow-up to Pat's question about personality and persona. So your younger brother's just getting started in the UFC, right? So I'm mean, going to use it as a case example. So in business, you have two major elements, right? You have the product, then you have the marketing. So your brother's just getting started, or any young fighter that's getting started, how do you balance the product, being a good fighter, actually having the skills with the marketing, right? Like you see mar guy like... Patty the Batty Pimblet, another Irish guy. I mean, I can't look away from that guy, right? Uh, Connor, for instance, or even Colby, right? But there's other guys that are just straight, great products, right? Adesanya, yourself, whoever you want to put, Nagano. What advice would you give your brother as far as the product versus the marketing? Well, I mean, it's tough nowadays. It's really tough because it, this, the lines are blurred, They've been blurred, and so I think all these guys are struggling with finding an identity or where, where they want to be because you can't your, – your your bark can't be louder than your bite. And so that's what you're seeing now. That's what we saw this last weekend, you know. It can't be that way. With Colby, you mean? Yeah, you know. Um, but – and I think, you know, my, my, my brother is kind of struggling with that, hmm. you know, in a bit because I know my brother – I know the things that, that make him great. I know the qualities that make him great, make him likable, that make him funny. The things that that he does that make him, you know, make him an interesting character. But him, in his head, I don't think he sees it that way. The way that I, because I guess they would say it's an eye of the beholder. I don't, I don't, he doesn't see himself the way that I see him, that way I know the mm, world would see him. That makes sense. And so he might not necessarily want to put that side of him out for the world to see but even though i think and i know now that that might equate to dollars he might not agree to that he might not see it that way and so especially the cameras are very powerful thing once the camera's in your face boom it changes a lot you know people change some people come on and some people go on the show and i think a lot of people are struggling with that especially as fighters because now not only are you just a fighter you have to be an entertainer as well and for me i think it was a little easier because we were still growing into this social media age and to where I just wanted. And for me, I didn't care about being famous when I came in. It wasn't about being famous. It was just about competing, being great at something. And of course, having a couple of dollars in my pocket. Who do you think does it the best? Meaning has the bark and has the bite and does it. Today or, uh, all time? Today, all or time, all time? Today and all time. Just all time. Has it all. The the showmanship, but also the skills to pay the bills. In mixed martial arts or yeah. in just fight sports in general? In, in your world, in UFC world. In my world, I, w I mean, it has to be it has to be Connor. You know, for... It has to be Connor because we never... We had never really seen it go to that level. Because, I mean, we, we saw a little bit with Chael. But, you know, as much as I love Chael, there was just certain – Chael was just kind of handicapped in certain ways. He wasn't as, as excellent of a striker as certain as Connor was. And at the end of the day, people would love to see you knock somebody out mm -hmm. because that's just – as far as men, we that's something that we – you know, you have a problem with the neighbor down the street. You wish you can just walk down there and knock him out. So we love to see that. And Connor was in a position where he was doing that. He was able to say, I'm going to knock you out. 
and goes out there and actually gets a knockout. And picks so, the round too, right? <laughs> yeah, and so that that's that was something that was so appealing by him, and he was just it was great. Everything was just he was at the right place, right time in in, in society where he had that accent too, that funny little accent oh, yeah. to where it's and we are fuck you up, man. Yeah, the, fuck the, 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 fuck? the world loves accents. Yeah, we love of course. it, you know, and so that it was just the perfect combination and. At the time where he was really on top, I think, you know, Connor, I would say. Who's doing it the best now? Honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of pulled away, you know, from that. But um, if I would say who's doing it the best now, hmm. Honestly, I, I'm going through the weight classes. I don't know. I, I, I would say... Israel was doing great, but you know, it's not. He's not necessarily. Uh, Israel is a showman, but it, it's mm-hmm. it's. I would say I don't know honestly right now. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know a guy that's that's really delivering like that to say you know what I'm going to stop this guy this round and this is how I'm going to do it and go out there and actually risk it and do it because what we do is so difficult. You know, it looks easier on TV. But it, it, it's so difficult once you're in there, you realize I'm really trapped in a cage. Are there any guys that you're like, okay, so let's just say Patty, or are there anybody where it's like this guy has a shot, that guy has a shot, or n- not really anybody coming up? No, there's some guys coming up, but that the personality might not be there yet. You know, there's um, there's Hamza Chemaev. I think he plays the role very, very well of... You know, villain the, yeah there's, everyone's you. just yeah everyone's just you know scared of his presence of this guy right he here? is no, yeah he's a he's a beast yeah uh, um and so he he kind of embodies that you know and and of course he has this accent too and he comes in i'm gonna kill everybody you know <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of you know appealing to where people want to hear more so he's 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 a good really good fighter um there's a guy uh, that's actually fighting for the featherweight championship, Ilya Tapuria. And he's, uh, I think he's from Spain. He's a Spanish guy. But a uh, good-looking kid um, can fight, you know, can fight, can deliver a great fight, stand-up fight, can wrestle, you know, decently well. He's a mixed martial artist. And I think he has the potential to be a star, because he, he he has all the components, good-looking guy, mm-hmm. can fight, you know, the way that people want to see see him fight. So 26. Yeah. And um, he just has all the component components to where he could be a star. Oh, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean yeah. O'Malley, I think, is uh, he's doing a really good job of just kind of branding and, and, he's and a good putting talker. himself there. He's a good talker. He, yeah, good I'm talker. Not, and he can fight. And Adam, not to correct, but I, I mean, I have to, because you know people are going to talk crap. Uh, Patty the Batty, he's not Irish. He's from England, actually. But that accent yeah, is English. crazy. That accent, you're you like, don't Where? say. <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw that out there, because I know people are like, what is he talking about? The accent is so hard. Vinny, from where he fuck you up for crap. Like, what the fuck? You don't know. Yeah, it's okay, it's different, because he's, um, I think it's, he's just, it's a he's scouser, Liverpool. scouser accent. Yeah, so crazy. It's, uh, it's What was it's the movie Snatch for with Brad Pitt when English. you didn't understand it? Yeah. You, have, <laughs> you didn't understand a word he was saying, the guy, Richie? Oh, my God, go He's entertaining as hell, bro. What he's doing, yeah, and he's He's doing, he just won. He just won. He just uh, won. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 getting there, but it's it's um to really see that ascension that that Connor got, mm-hmm. you got to fight in a particular sort of way, 
you know, of course, mixed martial, mixed martial arts is still growing. It's still, the world doesn't exactly understand the intricate details of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You take a guy down and you're working for submissions. The world doesn't necessarily understand that. The world still understands two men standing slugging it out. They yep. understand that. You have a problem, yeah. this is how we, we, we do it. And so Connor was that guy to where Connor didn't necessarily want to be grappling and, and doing all that. He knew how to grapple, but he didn't necessarily want to be there. He wanted to throw yeah. fisticuffs and get you out of there. And that's what I think yeah. was What a, are the yeah, chances he uh, he makes a comeback? You see how massive well, he is, well, I, I, I yeah. was just going to say that, uh, come on, uh, you know, he lost in 2021. <clears throat> he fractured his leg, everybody, so I, I couldn't even watch it. And, I mean, if you can't deny it. <clears throat> if you see before and after, right now, he's thicker, like Adam said. His facial structure is changing. I mean, I, I get it. When you're that rich and you get the top-notch, you know, recovery and all that stuff. But, do you, like, is, do you, is there any hormone or growth or something because i know you have to be taking stuff to to heal that bone and he healed pretty fast do you think that there's anything i don't want to the thing is i don't want to speculate but i mean it you know when you when you pull it's kind of difficult when you pull yourself out of the testing pool and then you know now i'm going to make it come back and you go jump back in you know it raises a lot of eyebrows but i don't want to speculate on what he's doing or not but I, I do think if he does, which he will fight, I think it seems like he's going to fight again. If he does fight, I think, he, I mean, it's it's going to be big, big news. It's Everyone's going to watch it because mm-hmm. he's just that big of a star. He's gotten himself to that point. Do you think he but goes with an far, easy W or a uh, challenging guy? There's, that's the thing with, with mixed martial arts. There's no such thing as an easy W. Mm. This is literally the sport where anything can happen at any time. There's no such thing as an easy fight. You can think this is easy fight, but even the the, the, the guy on the street mm-hmm. has a puncher's chance. He connects at the right time. Guess what? You're waking up asking what happened. Yeah. So there's no such thing as an easy fight. I I for Connor, I just don't think. I I did I do think he makes a, a comeback. He wins some. He might win fights here and there, you know, but I just, I just don't see him becoming a champion again because it's a different mindset to be there. And it's very, very tough to plug in to that. And was he was he supposed to fight him and Chandler were building up, weren't and, they? Come on, yeah. they were and getting- that's why though. Is it because the power broke when you're hungry coming up, you're salivating in getting your shot, and then when you make a few hundred million dollars, the 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 fire to want to get up early, train the distractions. I got to go do a photo shoot. I got to go have dinner with this guy. I got to go do this. Celebrities are calling you to get away, and at the beginning, no celebrities calling you. You're just kind of like you. You have plenty of time to train. Yeah, I. I it's all of that. It's a combination of all of that, and what it boils down to is is the commitment that it takes. Um, when you're on the way up, you there's only one direction you're looking, and that's just where I want to get to. If your goal is I want to make a million dollars, and that's all you're focused on. And in order for me to get there, I need I need that belt. I need that belt. I need that belt. That's all you think about. That's all you focus about. So subconsciously, it just becomes your whole, that's what you're fixated on. That's where you're going. That's where you're going. And you can have bumps in the road, things that kind of, you know, slow you down. But you're looking one way. The whole time, you're plugged in. You know, the light might dim here and there, but you're plugged in the whole time. And you're getting up there. But when you get there, now different things that you didn't expect, responsibilities are there. 
because all on the ride up, all you have is time to train. No one's calling you. No one's, you know, you don't have to go to New York and, and promote this fight or do this and that. And you're there for two, three days, which is two, three days out of training. So all you're doing is you're doing all these things and you don't realize you are truly separating yourself from the pack because you're so plugged in with what you're doing. But then once you get there, those two, three days were two, three days that when you put in, you know, and your, your mind knows in the back of your head, I'll put those two, extra two, three days in. These guys can't touch me. I'm better than everybody. It subconsciously creates that identity. And so when you don't have that or you're pulled this way and that way and this way and that way, the world is catching up because everyone, there's guys that are looking up to that position and they're coming up. They're still moving. But now your your progression is not as fast as it was. It's, it's slowly starting to dim down. So they're starting to catch up a little bit and catch up a little bit. But then, boom, something happens. And when you're up there, the only way to go is down. You go down a bit. And now having to plug back in, that's the conflict. Because now you know what it took to get there. You know the level of commitment that that was. You knew that you were getting up at 6 a.m., running extra when you didn't really need to and you didn't have to, but you just, on the ride up, you were just like, yeah, this might help me. I'm going to do it because it might help me. But now you just woke up in silk sheets. Mm -hmm. You're like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to go to the 10 a.m. training. That's that's good. I don't even need to run at 6 a.m. I'll go to the 10 a.m. training. So when you're doing all that, you know, everyone's starting to catch up. Now it makes it difficult. Like, do I plug back in? How do I, can I plug back in? So that decision to plug back in, to be able to get back up there, that's very difficult to do when you don't have those, you know, you're not hungry. Hmm. You know, you had steak last night. You know, then what do you, what do I want to eat tomorrow? I can eat anything I want. Or, when you didn't have it, it's like, oh, I would love steak and surf and turf. Yeah. You're, eat, you're eating ramen noodles at that yeah, point. It's you're like, hungry. It's like, so the decision to be able to plug back in, I think it's going to be, I think he's bad. I don't think, I know he's battling with. Yeah. Like, how do I become that guy again? How, yeah. how important is age? Because you guys are pretty similar age. I think he's one year uh, younger than you. You're yeah. 36, he's 35. Yeah. How much does age, I and mean, we've seen Tom Brady playing until he's 45. We see 40s, LeBron's about to be 40. The, the, the 40 number isn't as big of a deal as it was a couple of generations ago or even last generation. You're 35, he's 36. How much does age play a factor in that comeback, so to speak? Oh, it definitely plays a factor. I mean, we're not Tom Brady. We're not, we don't have 350-pound guys protecting us, and we're just throwing a ball, you know. Um, not to say that that's not hard. That's extremely difficult, and I mean – what Tom Brady's done, his IQ, being able to break down defenses, and, and you know he's a, he's a goat in his right in his sport. But we are literally breaking our bodies all day, every day. And he, you know, yes, the the world only gets to see us for that twenty five minutes while we're up there, but they don't see the five months that we put in to get there. That's even more difficult. That 25 minutes is just the fun part. <laughs> you know, that's the fun part that you guys just get to see. That's not what kills us. That's not what breaks our bodies. It's the months and months and weeks and weeks of practice that we're putting in twice a day. Sometimes, some guys are getting in three a days. You're lifting, you're grappling, and you're sparring, and you're doing this. So it's all of that. At the end of the day, the one thing that doesn't change is 
evolution is what we're it's not just evolution it's time as a human being this is what is has been created is you're born you age and then your body deteriorates and yeah. you pass that's gonna happen that hasn't stopped that's not gonna stop until we i mean unless someone creates a magical pill that just stops all of that but yeah age plays a factor yeah. You like know, what, what Rogan said about your body was wild. I'm sure you heard what he had to say famously. He's like, dude, this guy's an absolute savage. He's a beast, but his knees are all messed up. He has to walk on the grass, not the sidewalk. Sometimes you have to walk downstairs backwards is what all Rogan said. But he goes, it's all about his mindset. Physically, he's messed up, but mentally, he's top notch. How, do how, how does that all work? Yeah, I mean, I did that for years. It was funny. I was like, man, I've been doing this for years. I was walking down backwards for... To where I can close my eyes in the middle of the night, dark, and just walk downstairs backwards without grabbing the railing. Like moonwalking, <laughs> eh? Michael just, Jackson out here. I got so it good at it. Because of the pain? It was. Initially was. Because I, I was just like, you know what? Let me yeah. try this. Because I, um, I had a microfracture surgery in 2015. And that's because I had no cartilage in, in that knee. And it was just, they were bone on bone. And it just created so much arthritis. And just, it was just so painful just walking and I just I always felt like it was just loose bodies and things in there and so I was like let me try going down backwards one day and I went and it just kind of relieved the the, mm -hmm. the pain of you know coming down my like, oh, let me start trying that so I just started doing that everywhere and it just became part of just my day. walking back I'm just backwards <laughs> coming downstairs backwards but I think last year I started coming back I started walking nor normally again because I I realized that what it did over time, because when you come down the stairs a certain way or go up the stairs a certain way, it does build muscle in a certain way. It builds your legs in a, like in a, a certain cornerback training going back. Yeah, safety. It builds it builds a, a different type of conditioning, and I was just like, wait. Yeah. I've I've been doing this for years now. Maybe we maybe that didn't you know do wasn't the greatest thing for me. And so now, but the pain level is not where it used to be anymore. You know, I've done a couple of stem cells and it's helped quite a bit. Mm. Let me let me ask this. When I when I look at, um, like in the business world, yeah, when you lose, it's not um, business, in, in entrepreneurship, you lose every day. You lose clients, you lose employees, you lose best salespeople, you lose contracts, you lose uh, capital you were raising, you... Uh, your company goes out of business. There's many things. You're constantly losing. But it's not on pay-per-view with tens of millions of people watching you when you're losing. Because you lose, people in the company know, competitors know, industry knows, but it's not on the paper the next day with, you know, viral clips going off. It's got a few hundred million views and everyone's watching it, right? For you, when I look at the list of fights you've had, you beat Edwards, uh, you've uh, uh, beat Kobe. I think you beat him twice, right? Did you? Yeah, yes. you beat him twice. Gilbert Burns, which, by the way, to me, I don't know how much credit Gilbert Burns get. He's he's a dog of a fighter. So he this is. is this is not an easy fight to beat him. You beat him. Um, you beat Masvidal. Uh, uh, I think also twice. Yes. Yeah, you beat him twice. Obviously, you have that one clip where everyone's seen, and we're sitting there, and I'm saying, you know, Masvidal's about to get him. And I'm on the other side. I'm like, he's about to get him. And then we're sitting with friends. They're like, damn, Pat, he got Masvidal. And then you and everybody's like, what the hell just happened? Made no sense that knockout may be one of the wildest knockouts in, in UFC. 
And then, <clears throat> who am I missing? You, um, oh, Tyrone Woodley, which, by the way, at one point he was a guy that could have gone up. And, you know, he, he, maybe Dana didn't like the fact that he wasn't a showman and he would fight point fights. You beat him. And then Edwards, quiet guy, guy you beat before. He catches you in the fifth round with whatever, a minute left. And then another one. And then comes out. The last fight that you had, I think you only had two weeks. And he didn't knock you out. It went five rounds. That was a, you know, a decision that, that was made. How do you go from the high of, you know, one of the most viral knockouts of all time against Masvidal? You beat Kobe back-to-back in that one conference where he's sitting there. You guys are talking shit. You're dressed in a suit, I believe. I think you were dressed in a suit, and you're professionally talking, and he's just calling you out, calling you out. Let's go. Let's go right now. Well, let's go right now. And then it goes to this. How do you manage the super, super high to the super low in your world? That's that's a good question. It's a very it's a very tough thing to be able to do because uh, you don't really plan for that. No one plans for that. Like I said, when you're when you're going a certain way, you only look one way, and that's up. You're just looking up, 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 and no one thinks about oh, what if I go down. And that's what they tell you. You don't you don't think about the negatives or what could happen. You just you're supposed to be just focused on this part. But no one really teaches you how to deal with with that. So I think for me, the big the big advantage that I had is I was never really attached to that. I didn't get into the sport saying, "Man, I want to be famous or I want to be want everyone to see me." I got into this going, "Man, I really love to compete and show like what I've been working on, the skills and things that I I want to best that other man. I want to be in that competition. I want to be the best in that competition." That was really what I was attached to. And making money, of course. I mean, I wanted to be able to provide for my family and, and support them. So that was what I was attached to. So, you know, being once I, I got there, I didn't necessarily, you know, was like, oh, man, I love this. Or I love being famous. I didn't necessarily care about that. I still don't care. It still kind of makes me feel a certain way when, when people kind of run up and, and, you know, want pictures or autograph. You know, even though I've grown into the role, it still kind of is a little because mm. deep down inside in my mind, it's like people want pictures and autographs for me. You know, you're still that kid in, in the back of your mind. But it's a difficult place to be because there's a lot of depression that comes with that. Because once you're you're for me, I would say that part is from. Like I mentioned, wanting to be the best at it. I want to be known as the best because I put the time and the work in to be the best. And so when that's not the case, you're not being recognized as that, there is that that depression that comes with that. But over time, I, I, I learned kind of how to, you know, tools to deal with that. And, of course, having a good support system around you. What is that? What's the, because, what are those tools, the systems? Well, first and foremost is acknowledging and understanding that it's going to happen. Whether you win... It's gonna happen. Even the most vi- the the Masvidal knockouts. You're on this high, man. A week, two weeks, three weeks. Then it fizzles out, and you're at home. It's just like, what's next? And then you kind of you come down from that, and then there's depression that comes with it, and you have to be able to know how to recognize that, acknowledge it, and and be able to okay. This is the things that I do to be able to help me get back out there or get my mind off of this or, or pivot. 
And for me, you know, I, my family, of course, is some some fighters don't have that to where it's solely them. Mm. So when it's just you, that's a very difficult thing to be able to deal with. But for me, I have a child, you know, and she comes in the room and she wants to play. You got to play because and, and what you're not realizing is that gets you away from from just sitting there drowning in your, your sorrows like, man, I just lost this fight or. Or what am I doing today? What, what do I do next week? So my family is, is my support system and how I deal with that. But definitely understanding, because some guys don't understand. Why do I feel the need to go to go outside? Why do I feel the need to do this? Why do I feel the need that I just, I'm just inside and I'm sad for what, for what reason? So there's a lot of that that comes with it. But, you know, it's, you know, I'm kind of in that place now where it's, and I've always been had these crossroads kind of in my career. You know, I have a crossroad. Do you pivot or do you do something? Do you do you double down on this? Do you pivot? Do you double down on this? And now obviously getting into the business world too is is trying to understand that because it, it, it's very difficult. You touched on something, you know, business in business you're losing every day, but there's not that magnifying glass, mm-hmm. that scope on it for the world mm-hmm. to see. And which makes it very, very difficult because now starting to get into the business world, it's like I'm starting to understand that. And you know, I'm not all the way in there yet. So, you know, it, it's been difficult, but it's, you know, it's learning. How do you yeah. learn? What do you read? Who do you listen to? How do you get better at business? Well, that's that's something that I, I, I'm still working on. I'm working on that. I do, you know, listen, look at, uh, you know, a few guys. Um, but... I mean, the best teacher is, is experience. I mean, is experience. You know, if you never experience it, it's very difficult to just listen to everybody because what mm-hmm. worked for that guy might not be what mm-hmm. works for you. And so, you know, just just going off of what someone has done, obviously that's a good roadmap. But I guess experience getting in there and understanding, wow, okay, I did that. That wasn't great. Don't do that again. Mm-hmm. That I think that's the best teacher. It's kind of like with fighting. Like you can watch the videotapes and read all the books and have a trainer, but unless you get in the gym and see what it feels like to get punched in the face, you're never gonna. No book's gonna tell you what it's like to get punched in the face. Very true. But uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's coaching that's involved in, in everything. If you want to be the best, you know, because uh, a coach might be able to teach you skills that you don't necessarily know. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely in that position. I have a few people around that uh and now that's the 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 good thing now is you have access Mm -hmm. you know i I guess that's what the the popularity kind of buys you is is a little bit of access to be able to be around great people and great men that can teach you some of those things but yeah i've i've you know business is not as easy (laughs) who's the who's the wildest person where you know when you're winning because in, a, in the content world, you'll make a piece of content and then eventually some of the stuff goes viral and then someone will DM you and they'll say, hey, man, I just want to let you know. I don't say this publicly, but I follow your content. Your stuff is good, right? Oh, good. Right? You follow the content? Shit, that's great. <clears throat> and our first time it happens, it's a real, you know, unique experience for a content creator. Uh, but, but for you as a fighter, when you started coming up and then all of a sudden winning and then dominating and then pound for pound, number one, the talks – Possibly the top five greatest of all time. This was the conversation just a year and a half ago. It's not like we're talking 10 years ago, right? So when conversations like that happen, goats are attracted to goats. So who were some goats that 
reached out to you, called you out of nowhere, you know, or ran into you or wanted to have dinner with you, where you're like, dude, I'm having dinner with this guy. This is pretty wild. What was that moment for you? It's been a lot. I mean, and, and it's still happening. You know, I, 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 I guess you don't know your your reach because it's not. Yeah, we're connected. We're all connected now, but they say there's 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 kind of there's a reason why, you know, um, like let's say Instagram for for example, there's a reason why the picture that you posted, you know, my your your story might have more more eyes than the actual people that liked mm -hmm. your picture that you posted. Mm -hmm. You know, more people are watching than you actually do know. And so I've, I mean, I'll run into people and they're just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. These are people that I've, I've watched or grew up watching. I'm a fan of, and I'll, you know, say hi. And they're like, oh yeah, we know, we know who you are. And it's like, oh really? You know me? <laughs> you, know, you know, I've had that moment a few what times. What was the first um, one though? What was the first one? Cause that's the one that's a, it's, it's different. Once you experience, I it. guess it's different. It's I guess it's different level sure. of, of yeah. what celebrities are, and there's been some there's been some 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 big ones. And I, I I guess at the time, some might be you know huge to me, and then you get to a certain level and they get really really big. I mean I've Shaq. I mean me and Shaq are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know we've we've you know been around each other quite a few times. Um, Shaq is cool, and I think you know spending t time getting to know him a little bit, you 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 realize okay, super likable guy. That's that's a yeah. cool guy. That's a guy I could hang around with for a whole week and just be cool. Um, be meeting Tom Brady when it's actually funny how Tom Brady and I kind of uh, uh, so Tom Brady's a he's a fight fan. He comes to fights sometimes, and uh, um, he. Um, he was at my fight in, I think he's been at a couple of my fights, but the one that I re remember was he's at my fight in Jacksonville with the Masvidal, the second fight. And so after that, I mean, that fight, because it was the first, I believe, the first sporting event back with a live audience in the world. And so after that fight, I'm in the back and just... You know, there's doing the back of house stuff, media and, and all of this. And that night was probably one of the most memorable nights that I, I've had because just seeing my family around back, it was the first fight and my father got to attend live. And so having just everyone there, it was just having a great time. And my daughter was awake and she was just loving it. And I just, you know, remember I'm, I'm, I'm talking to her and, and she comes to the back and we're, we're talking and she's having a great time and and she's like oh man I, had a I asked her if she had a great time she's like yeah I'm having a great time and she told me yeah I was taking a lot of pictures I was like oh that's cool you know because that's the thing is I, I just she's always been around me all the time and so she goes yeah I was taking a picture with this baseball player and uh and this other guy I was like oh this baseball player she's like yeah yeah I took a picture with him and and she's like oh my chief of eight took a picture with him so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I didn't really pay any attention at all. Baseball player, you know, I knew a few. I knew a few baseball players. I, I mean, which I love baseball, and I knew I knew a few baseball players at the yeah. time. Um, so Imagine. I'm just thinking, oh, baseball. There's a lot of celebrities out yeah. there. Yeah. So you know, a baseball player. So 
I'm like, oh, cool. So then I get the picture later on. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> it's a picture of uh, it's on her, it's on her IG. Uh, um, uh, Miss Pretty uh, 2014, and I and I see the picture, and I'm like, um, wait, no, this can't be the baseball player. So, because <laughs> her aunt sent me the picture, so I uh, the she's she's in bed. And so I, um, I wait for her to wake up the next day. I'm like, "Is this the baseball player?" <laughs> she goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's him." I'm like, oh, "Really? Class. That's it. That's the baseball player, Tom Brady." She's like, so "Yeah." Funny. And so um, when I actually went to uh, the game, the New Orleans versus uh, uh, in Tampa, that's when uh, you know I met Tom again, and uh, we actually got a chance right there. We got a chance to actually speak and and catch up and, and he's like oh hey how, how are you how's your daughter and i'm like how's your daughter I'm like my daughter she's fine because <laughs> how's your baseball game yeah, what's the game <laughs> you're her game favorite baseball, baseball player I, I think i told him the story but I, i'm not sure i'm like you won't believe what she that's did. a great <laughs> so funny yeah so i mean tom brady i'm it's, it's been a ton of other guys like actors musicians a lot a lot of musicians um because i'm, I'm i love music you know, and so right now, uh, uh, Toby and Wigway, good friend of mine, and uh, he's just a rising artist. And the one thing that I just, it, it, like my, he's like a brother to me. And the one thing that I just love about him is he's, he's so authentic to who he is. He's a family man, and he takes his family everywhere. And I'm just like, man, I would love that luxury. To be able to just take them at whatever I'm doing, they're there, front and center. His kids are getting a front row seat of seeing what mommy and daddy does on a daily basis. And not that they're missing out. They have tutors and they have babysitters with them. That's family members with them all the time. And I'm just watching. I'm just like, man, how great is this? Because we don't see this anymore. You know, people don't get that, especially not kids nowadays. They don't get to see that. And... And just watching him walk and ascending, what he's doing is just—it's amazing. That's cool. With the you know the the stories of who you meet. I remember Tom was at the event with us, and my son, the youngest son, Dylan, is like, you know, I want to catch a ball from you. And Tom's like, What are we waiting for? Let's mm -hmm. go right now. And he was just such a gamer, like he just wanted to go out there and, you know. Uh, you you would think from one end this guy's the greatest to ever lace him up in football, but on the other end this guy's just a regular guy who, you know, wants to compete and play the game as much as the other guy does. So well, Pat, you you also went across the middle from Tom Brady. You caught shoes. one in dress yeah. shoes. I mean, at yeah. the vault. Come on, yeah. but <laughs> so you, you caught that ball. Pat. No one called me for a contract though. It's, <laughs> yeah. I was disappointed. I'm the like, Assyrian on, nightmare could have yeah. been you. <laughs> the <bro>. Assyrian assassin. <laughs> assassin. The Assyrian better. assassin. So. Yeah, go, going back to going back to UFC and, and you know with with these fights that are taking place, so Jake Paul uh, uh, has this fight with this guy. I don't you know Andre August right, and then Georgenko goes and flies out to Romania and uh, he sits down with uh, Andrew Tate and they have this interview right, and the interview does very very well. George is a phenomenal interviewer, a Syrian guy. Um, we make the introduction. They go. They have a great time. Andrew's like, absolutely. I'd love to sit down with him. And the interview was, he's, by the way, he's actually, a I don't know if you saw it or not. He's a phenomenal interviewer. But it leads to this conversation about the Tate brothers finding, fighting uh, Jake and Logan Paul. I just want to play this to you and get, get a reaction to see 
if you have any reaction. This is George asking Andrew, and we'll play the video from Logan Paul giving his thoughts. Go for it. Uh, okay. Two brothers, one cage. Jake, <laughs> Logan, you, Tristan. Who comes out alive? You know what? I'm trying so hard to not start internet beefs. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying not to. I'm, I'm, you could say Jake and Logan, man. Bro, Don't worry about I, it. No, I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through life. I'm trying to live peaceful now. I've got Fed agents in my house. Matrix is after me. I'm, I'm just trying to live peaceful. But of course, I have absolute faith in myself and my brother. And I know what we've been through. And I know the kind of men we are. So uh, now okay. play, play, so the clip brothers- from, play the clip from uh, what, what Logan says. Go for it. That's that's delusion. That's delusion. I'm this sorry. Beef. Look, Andrew, fighter, legitimate, badass motherfucker, yeah. strong mentality. I'm sorry, Tristan Tate is the weak link. I say let's. He run got it. he got a bad shoulder. Mm. He sh- he shaped like a gingerbread man. I don't want no beef, but but PFO. that's delusion. Uh, PFO will set this up. Uh oh. A, a, a MMA double million, tag team match. Ten million for everybody. You might have a fight, you might have a fight on your <laughs> hands. That it. would go crazy. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, seriously. I'm let's about do the it. action. Like I'm no. I'm less talk now. Like let's just fucking go. Fuck Yo, but you know for talk. a fact, me and Jake will travel to Romania. There you go. We will make this happen. We'll do it wherever you want, whatever conditions you want. That's that. Okay. So hmm. obviously we talked earlier about who are good talkers and personality and shit talkers, all that stuff. I mean, Jake is fighting, making $10 million, $20 million a fight that he's setting up, right? They're making all this money with all these fights. What, what do you think about the idea of, you know, Jake and Logan Paul fighting Andrew and Tristan Tate? I mean, I don't, what, what, are we, what kind of fight? What are they doing? Exactly. Is it boxing or is it MMA? You know, if it's, if it's an MMA fight, I think that favors Jake and Logan. It favors if yeah, it's MMA. For sure. Jake and Logan, for sure. Dude, wait, Jake because- and Logan... Yeah, Logan Fate. Paul. It favors them. Why, Why would you that? say that? I mean, they actually wrestled. Yeah, know, but like, these guys get the kicks, man. They're kickboxers. <clears throat> yeah, that that's actually a disadvantage when it comes to wrestlers. You know, if I catch a kick and you fall down, it's it's different. Ooh. And it's a different balance. When you're a kickboxer, you have to be a little bit more upright because you have to be able to check kicks and, and stuff. When you're a boxer, you have to be a little bit more uh, split stance because you have to give half your body. So it's different styles, but... Once you get that takedown, a kickboxer or a boxer has no mm. See, people don't realize. The, the regular human don't realize. Just, the regular the human. Regular, the, 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 just, I guess I would say just maybe the, the civilian human yeah. doesn't realize that it's an actual skill to be able to get off of your back. Yeah. As a man, can you imagine being held on your back and someone just tells you, get, out, get off your back, and you can't do it? Yes. Think about that. Yeah, it sucks. I could hold somebody on their back for a day or two if I wanted to. <laughs> Give and them you snacks. Just, you are just on your back. Vin, and I you want to give it a shot? I can feed you grapes if I... If I, if I and there's, Bathroom break and on there's, your back. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, that's... Are you saying wrestling is the most important thing? Well, in, just grappling. In mixed martial arts, yeah. 100%. It's grappling. Really? That grappling, 100%. Because mm. the thing is, if you think about a fight, there's only three places a fight can take. There's three positions to a fight. Think about it. We're both standing up, trading punches. That's one. That's a neutral position. We're both standing up. Two, I can be on my back. You're on top of me, landing punches. Or I can be on top of you, on your back, landing punches. So 67% of a fight takes place on the ground. Hmm. Now, as a wrestler, 
My discipline is being able to control which real estate take, that fight is taking place. So I'm, I'm well-versed at being down there. So 67% of I'm, is a chance that I'm going to win this fight. And then there's a 33% chance that in a neutral position, anything can happen. So think about that. Most people don't think about that. Like I've won two-thirds of a fight. I've won already because of being a wrestler to just a normal person who knows how to throw hands. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm well-versed in that place, I can take you down there. Or I have the ability to stop you from taking me down there. So it's, yeah, if you if you can wrestle, that that's one of the most important aspects of the of being able to defend yourself. So, so in high school, you were what, 55 and three or some, some record? No, it was definitely more than that. But it's, uh, I think that was my senior year, my senior season. And is that, like why you're saying, is that why you're saying that the Paul brothers, having the wrestling background, that's that big of an advantage? So It's an advantage. I mean, obviously, it's declined because they haven't been wrestling continuously Logan since they wrestled I mean, he's doing his school. WWE thing. Yeah, but that's different wrestling. That's, 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 that's You're so funny. Like, that's I'm, ju I'm just so saying funny. he's trained. <laughs> you so funny. Stop that. That's it. Well, that's, hold on. Breaking like, news. You're saying that WWE isn't real? I'm so, yeah, yeah, Rob, don't start what? crying. But, well, uh, I, didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah, but, I didn't come, say come that. On, but, but real quick, I want to know how, how important size is because I got to stand up for my guy Tristan because I actually asked Tristan that exact same question when we were in Romania. I asked literally the same question George Janko asked him. I said, you and Andrew walk in a room, Logan, um, and the, the Paul brothers. Oh. I said, who walks out of life? He's like, come on, I don't want to play this juvenile game, but come on. Yeah, I'm, I, But my I point mean, is this. Tristan is bigger than any of those guys. Tristan's okay. a legit 6'4", big-ass dude. Yeah. yeah, no, size, size is important yeah. for sure. But listen, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not saying Tristan doesn't stand a chance. Like, that's, no, absolutely not. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. Like, if this is just a fight. Yeah. They definitely have a, a, a good chance. I would say probably, I would have said Andrew Tate probably is the the more, you know, versatile one, the more skilled one out of all of them. But yeah. you know, Jake is definitely it's coming on. And you can I can just tell from that interview, you can see the brothers and you see the differences. Jake is starting to turn into the athlete. The competitor hmm. initially it wasn't like that it was it was just entertainment purposes he was hand i mean still handpicking guys and and you know to test himself but that's boxing you know you gotta get your bearings before you jump into world championship fights so you know more power to what he's doing but he's, he's handpicking fights but he's starting to turn into an athlete and you can see it just from sitting there the, when you're when you're an athlete and you're climbing you start to get this chip on your shoulder and you see the difference between him and Logan. Logan is, is more of the business guy. And Logan's obviously a little bit more mature, a little bit older, to where he's more relaxed in, in, in his answers, to where Jake is kind of the chip on the shoulder. Yeah, we can do it right now. I'm about to actually, you know, yeah. you can see that in them. So he's starting to become yeah. the athlete. What's what's Jake's upside? If he continues down this path and he's not doing sort of puff pieces and all that, and he's actually fighting in the boxing world. Yeah. Right, because he fought uh, Tyson Fury's Tommy. brother, yeah, yeah, Tommy, Tommy Fury. Fury. It didn't work out. He lost. That was the first like, actual way, But he had a good fight. Yeah, it was I mean, a good fight. And no it was, doubt. It was, but he lost. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't stopped. I mean, it wasn't like right. uh, just being outclassed in any way. No, it was. It was close. And I think but, at one point he, he knocked Tommy but, down. But but what's his upside if he continues down this path? He's pretty young. What is he? Twenty six. Um, no, I mean the sky's the limit. You know, he continues to do his thing. The sky's the limit. You know what he's. Being able to do to blend what he's doing, blending both.
the entertainment aspect of it and still be able to compete is is you know is i i guess I don't want to say he's one of the first to do it, but at this level, mm-hmm. you know, and and in the beginning stages when you're zero and zero, and then your first fight and and or your second fight, and you're getting these many eyeballs and and the internet to watch this. Yep. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's great. Speaking of the internet, would this be the biggest fight of all time, most viewed no. fight of all time? What? The Tates versus the Pauls. Do you don't think that they if would it, get eyeballs? If it was in a cage. You don't think all right. so? All right. No. <laughs> Well, guys, this is the well, attention economy, and then, and then, the eyeball economy. Okay, well, it depends. You don't on think what that you... would be a top five, top ten fight? Okay, it depends on what you eyeballs about. all time. Eyeballs. Listen, that's what I'm saying. Eyeballs. Listen, I, I guess you know for entertainment aspect because the world now is just so polluted with what we call entertainment. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know the world isn't really. We just it's just want to be entertained by junk, and it's junk. Junk sells more than actual yeah. reality until the world gets real. Hmm. And now, let's be honest. When uh, uh, Mayweather wanted to fight Manny Pacquiao, that's the world recognizing that these are the two of the best athletes yes. in their respective fields doing this. This is something special that we have to watch. And you saw what that did. That broke all records. But then you, you get a you know, you get another piece like Mayweather and McGregor, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. the two of the best in their respect, respective sports, but you know. Yeah, we're curious. We just want to see what this looks like. So the world tunes in. But, I mean, you just get guys that just fighting for the heck of it. And like, let's just, you know, lock the Tate brothers in a room for these guys. I mean, they're not that, they're not the best in their respective fields. But, no, but they, they're, but, they're but the I, best at getting eyeballs is my yeah, point. Yeah, but 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 I but my thing how is many, this. How many eyeballs did uh, the way, Mayweather, Mayweather made Logan? 280, $280 million That's on the crazy. fight. And McGregor made 130 well, like, but, but, if, <clears> but at the end of the day, Kamaru, it's like, like all respect. When people are like, no, you a hater. I'm not a hater. Logan and Jake Paul started on Vine. They're social media guys, all right? Yeah. Don't you think, like, to me, this is me, it lessens the integrity of the sport of boxing. It's like, okay, I get it that, you know, Jake is getting better and he's coming up a bro. And the Fury guys, whatever, he ain't fighting a real professional boxer. That would be a, a completely different thing. And my question to you is, come on, like, their fight, like, they would never go MMA, I, like an actual professional. They're fighting these people. That are, if you you think Jake or Logan Paul, can what he's last, saying is, if they go MMA, they have the advantage. No, I'm saying, in, I'm saying in general, because they're not. Who's the who's the biggest guy Jake Paul has fought? Like, I mean, because like, Logan, fought, Logan, Logan probably fought Mayweather, and that was no, a, just so you know what he's saying is. There is no case study to see who Jake Paul has fought in MMA because Jake is only box, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the, the the biggest thing is is Andrew and, and uh, uh, Tristan. They're they're conditioning. They're not going to be in the same conditioning as Logan and Jake are because Logan and Jake are like in their twenties, going running. The amount of distractions Andrew and Tristan have had right now, like. There's no way you 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 set up that fight if you need paid it. They don't need to make money. They're they're okay when they're it chilling. comes onto that side. But uh, it would get a lot of eyeballs. I would have liked to have seen them peak to peak competing to see what that looks like. But Us- Kamaru is clearly saying he's not saying if they do boxing, yeah. Jake and Logan have the advantage. He's saying if they do mixed martial arts, they have an advantage due yeah. to their wrestling abilities. Uh, that would be very interesting. It's exactly. Yeah, I mean, why it I, just if, if it's let's just say a fight. You know, there's no rules out there. If we're in the street, it's a fight. You know, obviously without weapons. Yeah, we're, we're in the street. It's a fight. Yeah, 
obviously Jake and you look at a street fight. Most cases, where is that gonna end? Up? <laughs> yeah, two guys rolling on the ground. Yep. Okay, you know. So if Jake and 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 Logan and Logan have actually been trained at some point in how to take the fight down there, or how to get up from there, I mean, you don't think they have the advantage when if a fight breaks out? They one hundred percent do. Maybe. And now and now they also are trained to stand and throw punches as well, you know. Which before you would give that advantage to. You know, um, um, Andrew Andrew Tate because yeah. he you know had been kickboxing for a while, but you know that's a, a fight. Yeah, they have that advantage in that realm. But I'm just gonna come I, out and say it. I'm rooting know, for the Tates guys. I, that's yeah, it. I want to see this fight. I, I mean, I'm Tates. not I'm not saying I'm rooting for this guy or that guy, but I'm just being I'm just giving you the the facts yeah. here. Like they would because they know how. Okay, if I grab this leg, I run him this way, he's gonna fall down. Or if I run him that way, the balance, you know, I I compromise the balance and I get him down there. So. Yeah, it's that's a skill in itself. Being able to know that, it, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. If Andrew Tate was to grab a, a leg, I'm not. I don't know if he trained wrestling, you know. But if he hasn't trained wrestling, it's a lot different. Yeah. Do, do you guys think the here's my thing? T- the Tates aside, do you think that they would ever? I'm talking about the Logan uh, brothers. They would. Uh, Paul brothers. Transition, well, yeah, whatever. I, I, I transition can to make Would they transit? Like, for instance, like Woodley went from he's an MMA guy, but he boxed. What's his name? Yes, uh, one of the Jake he, Paul. He boxed whatever. Jake. Do you think he got go, knocked out? They, what I'm saying is, get, I don't think. I name. do not think they would last two minutes in a ring with like an MMA guy that's no holds barred. Fight like a real fight. Box. Uh, he's fought Woodley. He's fought yeah. Woodley. So no, no, what I'm uh, saying uh, is, you, but but what I'm saying is, if Woodley fought. Uh, Logan Paul, and it was an MMA like UFC type fight. Who wins that fight? Oh come on, bro! I, don't, I mean, it, it's depending on what you know. Depending on time, you don't think Woodley would absolutely destroy any of the, the Paul brothers? The, destroy? I don't want to say destroy. I do think Woodley wins for sure, but I don't want to say destroy. In an MMA fight, I mean the fight starts. My, the fight starts, starts with on the, up, your like, feet, on their feet. You're throwing hands. Oh man, and. You know, they've competed against each other, throwing hands. And we saw how that went. And so I wouldn't say, oh, he would destroy him. I do give Woodley the upper hand because Woodley is a a better wrestler than them, uh, at least accolade-wise. But it's a different different game now, I think. And then also you got to account for how much time are we giving them to train? Are we giving them a whole year and a half or two years to train for this? You know, because that definitely makes, you know, it definitely makes things a little bit interesting. But I wouldn't say that they would never go into MMA because I think they're young enough and, and smart enough business-wise to where they understand if I'm going to make X amount of dollars, why not? FTM, you know, follow the I'll money. Would you, would you ever participate in something like that, like in the future doing like a boxing exhibition? or not? Is it called an exhibition or is it actually? Exhibi- I mean, yeah. Exhibition against somebody like that? Fight. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I, you know... Not too long ago. I, you heard her here first, Jake. Not too Jake. long ago. I was crazy enough to where I, I really, that's the thing. I was in, in my mind, I was going to get Canelo. I wanted Oh, really? really? I wanted Canelo so bad. Damn. 2021, I wanted him so bad. You know, it, it's this thing. There's this aura of invincibility that you, when you, when you are an athlete and you put so much time in, nothing can stop you. You, you are literally uh, just a... Shield, nothing can stop you. And I wanted Canelo bad. 
Oh, that would have been sick. And I, I, I was, I was like, man, you know. So you saw what Francis and, and Tyson Fury. I yeah. was on that level of of belief, if not more. You know, I wanted Canelo. And In boxing, when, straight up. Yeah. Oh, oh that'd yeah. be sick. Why, I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> how do you I think mean, you would have done against Canelo? How Your do I prime, think I would have done? Prime, yeah. I think um, I would have given him hell for the first four rounds, for sure. I think I would have given him hell. But then after four, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's be real here. These guys, that's what he does. These what guys does. do yeah, this. Yeah. And it's a skill in itself. And you watch guys shadow box, you know, and it, and it looks silly. You know, these guys are just punching air. But people don't realize how hard that is to yeah. do. You just do that. And these guys, are it's a skill to be able to do it for 12 rounds, right. 13, 20, however many rounds they choose to do that. Just to be able to have the level of just focus, just to be able to just sit there and punch air and imagine someone in front of you. It's a skill. And, you know, and they just have the timing. They 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 see punches. They know the sequence of punches. If you're gonna throw, you're gonna hit him with the jab, r- jab right hand. They know a left hook is coming. They know to roll. They know to do that. Like it's just a mastery that they learn. And so, for the first four rounds, it's gonna be a little confusing because my sequence is gonna be a lot different than most boxers. You know, boxers can throw five, six punch combinations. You know, I might hit him with two. He might be expecting more. No, it's not coming. And then another one comes at, you know, so it's going to take him time to be able to compute what's going on. But after four, I can't promise what's going to happen. But. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I'm not going to lie. That Mayweather counter fight <clears throat> was you know, better. He was yeah. actually really. I got it, hands. No, He's a, I, he I was very impressed with that fight. And. It wasn't a waste of a, you're like, what a waste of money for this fight. I was actually entertained. Yeah. I was actually entertained. Uh, Francis against Fury. Who do you think won? This is your brother. So this is. Yeah, this is- I, I, me, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I I'm, I'm have to be honest with everything. When it comes to the, the, the way that boxing is scored now. You know, of course, they're going to give it to Fury because it's it's just I'm going to throw pity pat, even though the punches don't land. I'm hitting. It looks like I have the activity and I'm moving my I'm just moving around, moving around, dancing around. Pity pat. It looks like I have activity. So they're going to give him the fight just based on that. Hmm. But if you're going to say this was a fight, who won this fight? There's no doubt Francis Ngannou won that fight. You know, he hit him. He dropped him. The more effective punches came from Francis where Francis hit Fury. Fury turned into a point fighter. And this is Tyson Fury, the best that we, yeah. that people are saying the best ever. Yeah. Which I, I don't think he's the best ever, but I do think he's definitely in that top five yeah. for sure. But, uh, but I don't think he's the best heavyweight. Who do you have in your top five? Top five, you, you got to put Lennox Lewis up there. You put Lennox in top five? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lennox Lewis, one of the most effective heavyweights you've ever seen. Like you can get past his British. jab. And then you can get, he had the power, he had footwork, and he had the tenacity to go out and, and, and get huh. you out of there. 100% I put Lennox Lewis up there. I mean, Evander Holyfield was a, was a, was a, he was a fighter. Yeah. That Evander Holyfield, I think he wasn't necessarily the biggest guy, but, you know, that's where heavyweights were really fighting. You know, they weren't throwing 25 punches around. These heavyweights were throwing 60, 70 punches around. So, so far, you got Lennox. I got Lennox. You got uh, Fury. And you got... Is Mike up there? I... Vander. Yeah, for sure, I would put Mike up there. Uh, Because... 
Mike Mike embodied everything that that a fighter was. You know, he was scary before, he was scary during, he was scary after. Eat your kid. And that that's that's <laughs> uh that's part of that's art of war. It's part of fighting, is you have to be able to evoke those emotions out of your opponents. You, you put Lennox thing. ahead of Frazier. You put Lennox ahead of Frazier. When you but put Muhammad Lennox Ali. top five, I put um, <laughs> Lennox top hey, five is the Lewis one that threw me off. Yeah, I put uh, I put uh, I put Lennox definitely. Yeah, I put him. So Ali's uh, in your five. I put Ali in there because he he, he revolutionized the Frazier's the outside of five. I mean, I would put him yeah just outside of my top five. I mean, wow. if you got okay. if you've got you've got you got if you've got Lennox, Holyfield, Tyson, Fury, mm-hmm. Ali. You're just talking heavyweights right now, yeah, right? Just yeah, just heavyweights. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, Rocky Marciano. Yeah, just heavyweights. Totally get it, yeah. I mean, and then you, yeah. you, you've you got guys like, you've got, um, um, what's a uh, big guy? Um, George Foreman. George Foreman. Yeah. You've got, um, you've got Larry Holmes. You've got... I mean, there's there's some there's some real Joe Frazier. You've got I mean, there's some real real guys. But let me ask you a question about Tyson Fury. Back to him. Yeah. And and I say this with ultimate respect. I think he's a beast. You're one of the literally physically impressive guys out there. You're chiseled. You're ripped. It's ridiculous, bro. When you look at Tyson, he's. It's, I mean, I was I think watching. That's what the, makes it. I think that's what makes him. Even. Is that what it is? I was watching a fight with a girl, Nagano versus Tyson. I go, just look at these guys before the fight. She goes, oh, the black guy's going to kick his ass. Like, who's this <laughs> sloppy potato out here? I go, wait till you see who wins the fight, right? And Because I, I knew Tyson was likely going to win. But the fact that he's just not even in shape. You're talking about, look at Tyson's Fury six-pack. Dude, at that he has never had what a six-pack. What are you talking about? He's a beast. He's a savage. He's amazing. Quads. But how does he not even have, like, the shape? What's well, going no, on? But it's not, it's not, you know, fighting is not necessarily about that. It's not just martial arts. It's not necessarily about the physique. You know, there, there's... There's some no. guys that are blessed with with well, the kind of what I thought it was. There's and and that's what adds to Tyson Fury's story. I mean, it's, really? it's the fact that yeah, he he's proved you don't have to look like a Francis Ngannou who is 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 just like yeah. a, he built like a machine, yeah. and to to still be able to excel and to fight the way he does. And even in in you see it in jujitsu. You said your kids do jujitsu. I mean, it's not necessarily the biggest, strongest, you know, meanest looking guy out there that wins. You know, you can have a little bitty scrawny guy just yeah. basically run circles. Yeah, like Hoyce Gracie, that guy was choking people out their yeah. geese. Choking guys out. But are, so <laughs> are <laughs> abs just for show? No, I mean, of course not. But, Adam, come on. But it's good. It, they look good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it, they, they look good. Because the know? chances of Tyson Fury ever getting abs is like Rob getting abs over here. It's just not. You leave I'm Rob's sorry, abs out of this. I'm just saying, but <laughs> cardio, stamina, nothing. No, he has cardio. Tyson Fury, to be able to box 12 rounds? Dude, that's you, Adam, 12 I rounds? Adam, and throw punches? He is a do mach- you know his story? Do you know anything about what you're talking about with Tyson Fury? Like, do you know what this guy did, who do he I was, what he did? Oh, his entire background to know that he's got. But, no, no, but, you know but do you know his story? I, I'm, I'm familiar with Tyson Fury. There's probably the things you'll enlighten me on. But <clears throat> No, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. his story is the ultimate story, comeback, redemption, the father, the family, who they were growing up in the streets, what the father was known for. This, yeah. this is a fighter's family. Like, they're a, 
The, the, oh, I've seen so, his father, his brother. His brother's the best shaped guy I've ever freaking seen fighting. Yeah, he's in shape as well. But, but no disrespect <clears throat> to Tyson. I root for the guy. I'm a fan. He's a beast. I'm just curious about the The part that the was interesting is his father named him after Tyson. Mike Tyson, yeah. Okay. So he knew. And and Tyson Damn. still chose to be in Francis Ngannou's corner. Wow. Instead of Tyson Fury. And Francis. Well, Mike Tyson you, doesn't owe what? him loyalty. No, no, I totally yeah. get just that. All I'm saying is. No, no. What I'm saying is, though, I mean, that's, that was part of the story. Yeah. It was part of the story you yeah. needed for the fight, right? It was kind of like, look. No doubt. You chose this guy's name, but he's going to the other guy's corner. It was. To some people, they wanted Tyson to destroy Francis. To some people, like, dude, Francis is going to. What if he becomes a comeback, you know, he, underdog and does what he does? That father himself. Is one of the most like entertaining guys out. We talked about shit. the Ball brothers, Lavar Ball. They were that. I don't even know what the father's doing these days. <laughs> the father, you saw he, he flipped up the table before the yeah, he's, he's a showman. Yeah. He's a showman. He's a showman. Yeah, so, I mean they understand. They they you know they know what it, what they're there for. Usman, good move, Francis leaving UFC to go into boxing. Right now, of course, it seemed that way for <laughs> sure. You know. Um, I think for Francis, it wasn't necessarily about because Francis was a, I think was a star. You know, I've known Francis who, since his first fight in the UFC, and we've been close. And I've you know, that's like that's like my brother. I always you know got his back and and always will. And so he's always been a star to me, and it was just a matter of time for the world recognized it. But um, I think he was going to get there eventually. I think it for him. It was about freedom. It was is having that you know he's he's had a, a, a interesting, very very interesting life. So to feel that that freedom to be able to do what he wanted to do as an athlete, because we give so much of ourselves to this, I think that that's really what it was about for him. And now he has it. He can box if he wants. He can do mixed martial arts if he wants. And that I think is the big win for him. I am so curious to know. <laughs> how he's going to train now that he knows. Like, you know, when he says uh, Fury comes up to him and he says, I'm going to, you know, you're going to be a student. I'm going to teach you a lesson or whatever. The, oh, yeah, the, I actually saw it because I, I was in the ring. So we're, we're getting out of the ring. Yeah. And um, so Fury goes uh, in his accent, get ready to go to school, son, you know, in, in his accent. And, and I didn't know if Francis heard it. But I heard it, you know, listen, so I, I, I'm getting out of the ring before the fight, and I hear him say it. Like, oh, cool. You know, it's just... Oh, you don't know if Francis heard it. I didn't know if Francis heard it, but I, I, I heard... Uh, so did you tell Francis? Hey, just so no, you no, know... No. Okay. No. <laughs> FYI. So you know, FYI. Hey, he's talking shit. He said he's going to take you to school. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just... Um, I heard him say it, and I'm just like... I mean, it's just what, you know, you're in a competitive mode. Like, he's ready to go. And it was just, you know, just before I even touch on that, it was just something that there's an energy that you feel, right, when you're about to, when guys are about to compete. And I just, and this is not like any other sports. Like, it's different. This is not a, a game that we're playing. When guys are about to fight, there's an energy that you you that you just see two they they turn into human, you see two humans, and it's a spirit that obviously I'm used to seeing now, but I'm in there with them, and you just it's like strip everything away. You just see two kids in here about to 
and the little boys, they're about to fight. Something's about to happen. And I said, first time, because you, you from from afar, you see Tyson Fury, he's this big, massive star, he's this, this competitor. And I see him in there, and then the nervousness and, and, and all of this with all the guys, with both guys, him and Francis, you see it. And then he says that, and when he's, he's saying, so I'm, I'm seeing this from him because, I, you know, I'm a fighter as well, so I recognize what's going on, what's happening, the, the energy that I'm feeling. I see it, and, I'm, and then he says that, and I'm like, oh, okay. He's a competitor. He's trying to compete, trying to get one more word in to maybe mess with your head and get you to, mm-hmm. to not be locked in like that. But then Francis comes out, and, you know, I knew Francis. I, that's, I've with said it to everyone. With a left, though. With a left. Yeah, I mean, Francis has uh, insane power. And it wasn't even full contact. It didn't make a full. No. I, if Francis hits any, I think Francis punches a rhino on the side of the head. That rhino's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that rhino's going to Who sleep. Who the hell was that? Is he the hardest puncher yeah. out there these days? Yeah. He has the actual Guinness world record for the hardest. Nagano. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, wow. when he was here, that was about a year and a half ago. He yeah, had a, his leg was surgery. messed up. Yeah. His leg yeah, was messed up. Kamar, Kamar, who who's the hardest in your career that you felt power hitting you? Who was the strongest that, that you felt? Hit? <laughs> who, I mean, like, I, I've hit? made I've made a career of not really being hit yeah, exactly. good, in there good. much, good. and until I took the kick that that ended my title reign. But uh, I would in a fight, not not, not really. I've never been taking a full on. Like strength, like who, who would you say like is like the, was in practice, the toughest? I've been hit. Who? Oh, really? in practice. Uh, I I would. There's a Francis has. I've actually sparred with Francis a little bit, oh, and he damn. and he wasn't going full out, but still, I I felt what that was like. Yeah. To Jeez. to run in because I I did take a punch to the head and I oh. ran into that. I was like, yeah, that's not. Good. Well, what's the weight? <laughs> so, what's the weight yeah, size difference you between you guys? Well, I'm about. 190 pounds and Francis this is all 270. Jeez, just so, rock. And you saw his build and, right there? And I and I, I I took a jab and I was just like You took a jab. Yeah, I took a jab and oh. it cracked my neck. Oh so snap, dude. I felt it just and it I took it to the forehead too, which is not a place you mm. relatively want to punch another guy because you can break your hand. And I took that jab and I was just like next cracked. I was oh. like I don't. I didn't like that. You know, <laughs> no. That and, can we not um, do that again? Oh, look at that! I would right say there. Anthony He's... Johnson. Anthony, Anthony Johnson, the late, my buddy, the late Anthony Johnson, wow. Rumble Johnson. Mm. Anthony was probably one of the hardest hitting guys. Really, it was just something about the way these guys stand, the way they deliver a punch. Uh, you know, they. Anthony was at one yeah, point. Yeah, he's got a highlight. Violent. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Was ranked one of the most violent. Yeah, who, he had who has who was a knockout? Because he, he had one that was. Uh, he, had, he had many. He had uh, Glover Teixeira knocked his tooth out in there. He had a uh, uh, Alexander Gustafson knocked him out in Sweden. He had uh, who else? He he was just not knocking ton of guys out. Yeah. No, By the he, way, he's had some. If yeah. we asked Masvidal who hits the hardest, do you think he'd say you? That was a brutal knockout. I don't know. Masvidal's had a lot of fights, and that's the thing. He's a veteran. He's had a ton of fights. He, he, he used to. Fight, I'm from Miami. So he used to fight fights. Miami. Yeah, he has some with, uh, what, what was um, bare knuckle? You know. Yeah, but so, it was uh, oh Kimbo Slice. Those fights yeah. they used to do. That was him down in Hialeah yeah. out there. Wild. Yeah. So, so you don't think he, that your knockout, which was savage, by the way, you don't think that would qualify as his? Hardest I don't know. He ever? might not remember what it felt like. <laughs> 
You know, like that's the thing with as a, as a. And you said that with Leon. You said I didn't know for twenty minutes you were. At the- no, see, I'm. Yeah, that's. It's such a weird, weird. The human body is just so crazy and it's, it's insane. So I think I was down for. I mean, I was I was down for maybe like, you know, thirty thirty seconds because I I wasn't really like out cold. You know, I was out, but I was my eyes were open and I was there, which is, is even crazier. Um. So I get up after like 45 seconds a minute. I'm standing up and talking to my coaches. And I'm, you know, they're talking to me and I'm I'm there. You see the 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 interaction. I'm there, I'm talking to them. But your brain's not on yet. I mean, it's 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 almost like boom, you're rebooting the computer. Shut down. You have it turned on. Your computer's on. You see the Apple sign or whatnot, but it's not necessarily firing, you know, the way it needs to go. You're not sending emails at that point. You're not sending emails at that point. You know, you're still waiting for it to reboot. So that whole process is autopilot. I'm in there. I'm talking to my coaches. That's autopilot. I shake his hand. I give him his props. I walk out. I'm in the back. I'm in the the doctor's tent. It's all autopilot. I'm there. My family's there. I'm like, tell them I'm good. Yeah, everything's fine. Good, good. Boom, they're like, all right, yeah, you look fine, but just for precaution, let's just go in the ambulance, just go into the hospital and get just get a scan just for precaution. Fine, I don't know why, you know, but we're in there. All this is probably a 15 to 20 minute transition. I'm sitting in the ambulance and I get driving my jacket and they take off. So we're in the ambulance and so they're doing their routines. I'm just sitting in there with me and my manager, and they're doing the routine, and they, they're asking, okay, so do you know you know where you're at? And it's at that moment I remember actual thought, not what I've, been, not what I've seen or what I've been told or what I've because I've, I've, when you see it, you start to put yourself there. But remember actual thought, like, do you know where you're at? I'm like, yeah, of course I know where I'm at. Yeah, I'm in Salt Lake City, UFC 278. Like, okay, do you remember? I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Were you in Salt Lake City? Oh. <laughs> Damn, I'm in an ambulance. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that can't wow. be good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when you you it, it comes to you. Damn. And I, I think I, uh, I've even heard, I haven't seen it, but even Michael Bisping, after his knockout, Versus uh, Dan Henderson when Dan Henderson knocked him out, which was a vicious knockout, by the way. He was in the showers, got ready, and then he's asking, "Yo, when are we? When are we fighting? When's the fight?" Oh wow! So he didn't even know he had finished fighting and all of that. Just the, this is why you got to respect these yeah. guys you and know, what they it, do. It's, oh, because can I tell you a quick yeah. Bisbing story? And this is actually a question for you. So I'm at a hotel in New York. A high-end hotel, and I'm there with a girl at the time. The room next door is Michael Bisbing. Really? And he's there with his buddy, and they're, like, locked out of their room. Long story short, we end up, <laughs> we end up like, getting some bottles. I knew some other people at the hotel. I'm partying with Michael Bisbing and his buddy. It was just – it was hilarious. So, anyway, he likes to party. Um, yeah, cool guy. Really cool, cool guy. Fun guy. Um, lifestyle. 
right? We just talked about boxing. That's the work side of things, right? So, you know, everyone's obsessed these days with work-life balance. You know, I'm more of the 80-20 camp. I work 80% of the time, 20% of the time, weekend warrior. You know, you were at the Soho house party we did a week or so ago. It was sick. It was awesome. Saw you on the roof. I saw you at the tent. You're having fun, people. You know, everyone's living a, a, a having a good time. How do you manage your work-life balance? When do you party? When do you train? When do you live your life? How do you handle all that? Uh, I mean, it's it's a... It's a tough, it's a very tough thing to do, you know, um, especially when you're, when you're an athlete, I guess a public figure. Now it, it's difficult. Like I said, I was never into the whole famous thing, being seen and all of that. So I don't spend that much time in Miami. I've been living down in South Florida now since 2012. And I've probably been in Miami less than 50 times. Well, you're in Boca? I think you've been at the hijinks before. I'm in the Palm Beach area. Okay, gotcha. All right. <laughs> but it, it's, um, I, yeah, I just. But not even Miami been, partying, but just going yeah, out, having dinner, going, going to a bar, having a good, you know, lifestyle. That's what, vibes. so that's what you, you know, you always want that. That's what I was like, oh man, I want to get to where I can just eat wherever and do whatever. And and I, I like that. You know, I love to be able to take my kids and my, you know, my lady and my friends, you know, to hang out. But it's, it's different now because. Everywhere you go now, there's a phone in your face. Mm -hmm. yeah. Someone has a phone in your face. So, And what people don't realize is, especially when you deal with like people like, obviously Kanye is an extreme, you know, extreme measure. But that takes away from the enjoyment of it all. Like you can go, you can go somewhere. Like you said, with, with Bisping and, and you guys are just partying, you're just having yeah. a great time. That's great. You know, it's an intimate moment. You guys are just yeah. chilling and hanging out. That's fun. But as soon as someone pulls a camera out into your face, nah. it just destroys the fun because it's like, why do we need to document this? This is documented up here. We're actually living it. We're having a great time. So people aren't necessarily living mm. to live anymore. They're living for what I can show other people. And that that takes away from it. And, and it makes me just want to stay in my house. I've always been a homebody anyways, but you know, I don't enjoy it as much because as soon as I'm sitting there eating and... You know, I'm having a great time. Mm -hmm. And then now you look over and someone's recording you. Now, I, it, it changes. But don't you have to take the good with the bad? Like, I'll give you a scenario. You know what's even worse? You're sitting there at a dinner and zero people want to come up to you. Nobody recognizes you. What's no one wants that? to take a picture. I love that. But, that, that. but that means that you didn't really reach your star status. So, you know, yeah, but it, it kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? it no, for, for sure, it comes with the territory. But at the end of the day, like we mentioned earlier in the show, we're all human beings. We still want to be left alone mm -hmm. because I'm a human being. And yes, I, I could be a, the biggest star in the world, but I'm still a human being, which, you know, my dog might have passed yesterday. Or my, my grandma might have passed or my aunt might have passed. So I'm, I'm actually dealing with human emotions here and I'm feeling all those things. Right. And I don't necessarily want to be on camera right now. But you don't care because all you care about is the interaction that right. you've dreamt up in your head that you would have if you actually ever got to see me. So I think that the hard part is learning to balance that, which, you know, I think I've been doing a pretty decent job of is understanding that, yeah, people have this expectation of you when they meet you of who, who you are, how you are. So being able to at least give them a little bit of that, but still being the human that you are. I will say this from having talked to a lot of the guys in, in your world, <clears throat> you seem very self-aware. And 
your you you think with your answer. You you don't give the diplomatic answer. You'll give the straight up answer, but you're also respectful about it. So your I don't know if you have any desire to get into politics one day, but in a in a way that you communicate, it's it's a it's very interesting the way you communicate. It's it's different and uh, uh, respect you. And by the way, this brings me to the last thing. So this one video was going viral during uh, uh, this last UFC fight. Can you pull it up? The one where the guy, okay, play this clip. I want to get because you've had some moments with the president Trump and Trump and UFC kind of go hand in hand. So this guy's going around asking different fighters who they think would have won the fight between Trump and Biden, and this is what the response is. Go ahead. <laughs> you got the audio because I can't hear it, Rob. Do you hear it or no? I don't hear it. It's up on our end. I don't know why it's the production team. Guys in the back, uh, you hear it? Gank, do you guys in the back maybe test audio off and come back on and see maybe if that does that? Sometimes this happens. Trump or Joe Biden? Oh, my gosh. Donald Trump would knock out Joe Biden within literally five seconds. Oh, Donald Trump would absolutely kill Joe Biden. Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden can't even get down the stairs. Let he falls down him and he's walking. George Trump. 100% Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump off the top of the cage is just pile drives <laughs> <and> riding <laughs> into the floor. Literally, Donald Trump would knock him out with his lunchbox for hands. If you've ever seen his hands, that guy mm -hmm. is freaking massive. And, and he used to wrestle, so he's a real fighter. Yeah, I probably go with Trump. Joe's too old now. 100% Donald Trump. Joe Biden is... Too old, bro. Too I'm old. sorry. Trump would punch his face in. You see Joe Biden can't even ride a bicycle. He's falling <laughs> off his bicycle. Kobe's I mean, the guy can't even man. walk up a flight of stairs. He, he wouldn't make it into the octagon. Maybe he go to the wrong direction. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm trying to yes. Donald Trump would kill <laughs> Joe man. Biden within seconds, that old man. In your profession. What do you think of Trump and Biden? Got oh, my way? God. Are you going to give us a diplomatic answer? What answer are you going to give us if those guys fought? <clears throat> well, a fight with both guys would be very expensive. And so, uh, so Trump understands this, you know. We they those, that that those that's not a fisticuff type of fight. That's a wallet fight, at that point. So, I don't think we'll be seeing both of those guys throw hands. But I think, uh, I think just uh, Trump is just still a little bit more active. I think so. He's a little bit more active. He's really witty, witty guy. Sharper than most people think. Because when you put the camera in his face, it you know it comes off a certain way. But uh, sharper, much sharper than most people. What's think. your interaction been with him? Because, Rob, play one of the clips. I don't know which one it is that you got. You found one of them. Uh, uh, is this the one? No, play uh, yeah, play the other one. Play the other one. What's that? This one right here. <laughs> Kamaru Usman, where is uh, says your where name? Is our champ? Come on, champ, get up. Man, oh, man, oh, man. What a fighter you are. <laughs> I don't want to mess with him. I What's your relationship with them? You know, I've met the guy. Um, you know, it's uh, like I said, when that camera's on, it's uh, it's, and the media paints whatever picture they want to paint of the guy. Obviously, I'm not deep into politics. I just know yeah. how it affects me and my pockets hmm. and, and my family with the policies and the, the the laws that are being made, and so. It's it's difficult when the media is saying a certain thing and they, they're painting this picture and that's all you have to go on. And so a lot of people just kind of follow what, what's being told. But now being in the position to where I'm, I'm high enough to where I'm directly affected by those policies and, and some of those things that are being made, you know, now you, you start to kind of think a little bit more for yourself. Like, wait, 
you know, this is what the media said yesterday. But they lied to us. But this is what's what's really happening, and so it kind of, you know, light bulb goes off, and now you start to kind of really dive in a little bit more. But my interaction with him is he's always been cool with me, and and let me touch on this. It was when he was president. There's of course he you know. I don't want to say he's not the best communicator when he's in front of that screen. He's not the best. The message doesn't come across the best way possible. And so this picture is painted of who this guy is. And so you feel a certain way. You know, it hits your heartstrings a lot different. And especially the time where the world is going through so much chaos and so many different things. And so then getting to actually be in front of the guy and actually, you know, hear the guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of those that I, I hold a man by his word. So if you say certain things to me, then that's that's what I expect. And it was a lot different than definitely what I expect because I, you know, at some point, based on what the media's painted, you, I expect to give him peace of my mind. Like this is how I feel. Interesting. And then it's it doesn't go quite like that. So then you you start to kind of. I think that's a, a skill as well as being a man is you start to kind of be able to assess and reevaluate what you might have thought and be open to knowing that, you know what, I can change what I was thinking and my views on, on someone. But, you know, definitely was a lot different than what I was expecting. I was expecting him to be a lot slower than he actually was, but he was very witty. Smart. He reminded me a lot of my my high school wrestling coach. They're very. He remind smart. you of your high school wrestling. Coach. Oh yeah, they're very they're very witty with words, very sharp about the environment, what's going on. They they know, and so that's what 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 really shocked me. Were you more of an of an Obama guy before Trump? Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Um, I'm not gonna lie, 100. percent Um, just based on the representation, based on what he he meant, you know, was 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 big. So by that alone, default, I was an Obama guy. You know, but then you like I said, when you, you get to a certain level, you ascend to a certain level, then you realize how direct mm-hmm. things affect you. And it's like, well, I worked for this. Why 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 can't everybody yeah. else work? So you were an Obama guy. Obviously uh, Biden was his VP. Is that by default? Are you a Biden guy now or how does that work? Well, they say never discuss politics, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's so, undeniable. Come on, I mean, you can't you can't deny it. I, but I but I think Usman, you answered it. I think I think you answered it. I yeah. think if the if the viewers listening, you you gave the answer. I think you went through a little bit of Usman. I think you and Usman have. I mean, look, me and Usman were the same guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, but but it's interesting, Pat, because yeah. it is the Jewish it is, nightmare. It is it's it's undeniable. Of this past four, three and a half, or three years, like it's undeniable, and I think it's amazing that you're saying it, Kamaro. That it's even if you're not really into the politics or anything, you feel it, you see it. It's embedded. All the changes that are happening, we are not in good shape. It's not getting better. And I mean, Vinny, we're not doing politics. No, we're not. Bro, I'm, just, I, I'm not going to go, bro. But, I'm not but, asking but, who is going to go, dude. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I think America relates more to him. And, and what I mean by that is, like, when I first got into sales, you know, we've always voted Democrat. It's always been what we were. I'm Armenian, Assyrian. We're from Iran. It's like, you know, the rich or Republicans are for the rich. The Democrats are for the poor. And then you go into sales. You work. You're like, wait a minute. How come that? You're leaving home early and I need to pay for your stuff? Why, why don't you stick around late and train for this? Mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry for you. Why? Why? 
why am I getting punished for me working twice the amount of hours as you? Then you realize, dude, no, man. The same way in the gym, that guy's getting this, and he's getting a better locker than me, and I'm here twice as many times. Small little experiences like this, you start realizing that those policies just don't work. And sometimes that takes a decade or two for some to figure that out. Usman, this has been a blast. Thank you. Having you on, brother. It's been a a pleasure. Really enjoyed getting to know you even more. Um, You're very interesting. Uh, You're very interesting, very uh, self-aware. Like I said earlier, your answers, you'll give the answer, but you're going to give the answer based on the way you view it, and it's smooth, your answers. (laughs) But I really, really enjoy this, and I'm looking forward to doing it again in the future, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Gang, take care. I think we got a podcast, Rob, tomorrow, and we got one on Thursday. Is actually Kobe coming here. Is it Thursday? Kobe Covington? Covington on Thursday and tomorrow home team with Emily Austin. Okay, so that'll be tomorrow. That'll be interesting. That should be interesting, yes. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.